This is episode number 298. What is the difference between hope and faith? With Lachelle Atkins. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Outs podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. First one being a shout out to our sponsor, and that is this episode is sponsored by Say Your Peace. Say Your Peace aims to spark global change through self-transformation and community dialogue. Share your story by using hashtag SayYourPeace, that's P-E-A-C-E, and following them on Instagram and Facebook. The other announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show. And that is if our show has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Also, if you like what you heard, consider joining us every single Friday at 10.45 a.m. Central Time for our weekly series called Survive to Thrive, Live the Story You Create. What this is, is a weekly discussion where we explore the connection between one's personal narrative and the topics of resilience, grief, appreciation, gratitude, and many others. If you feel like this message aligns with you, please consider joining us live either through Facebook or LinkedIn on any given Friday at 10.45 a.m. Central Time, where you'll be able to share your own insights and your own perspectives as it relates to each and every given topic. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, this morning when I woke up and I was kind of reflecting <laughs> on the 10 days, I, th- mm-hmm. I think I've been doing this. And, and literally what I've been doing is uh, there's a trail called Camino de, de Santiago. Mm-hmm. And essentially it starts from Lisbon, Portugal, and it takes you all the way up through Portugal to Spain. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get around is on foot. You're hiking. Mm-hmm. You're hiking from mm-hmm. one town to the next. And I think what, I've, what I'm starting to experience is um, not the physical challenges of the hike, but more so just the, the challenges of letting go, you know, the challenges of kind of um, believing that things are going to work out like they're meant mm. to. Like this morning I woke up and I just, I really missed home. You know, I missed, yeah. I missed my parents. I missed my dog. I miss my friends and I was just sitting there and just like crying uncontrollably oh. and just thinking to myself like, wow, it sometimes it's these experiences that really bring out a level of gratitude and appreciation that I, mm-hmm. I may or may not have had for, for people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I think uh, separation sometimes can be a, a wonderful thing because it can mm-hmm. create a perspective. It can create some contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I it it's been... It's been really awesome. And, and I was thinking to myself this morning, it's like, well, I have one of two options. A, I could either continue, keep going along the trip, mm-hmm. or B, I can turn around and catch a flight home. But even in exercising that second thought, I realized that, well, if I, <laughs> if I choose to do that, if I choose to get a flight back home right now, when will I ever be able to detach? Because the attachment is always there. And I think the other thing is attachment is real. 
it's, yeah. it's a real thing to people, to other things that I assign value and meaning to. So it's, um, I, I think this topic and this conversation couldn't be more timely for me because it really helped me or maybe it's maybe at the very beginning journey of it, trying to understand what is that difference between hope and faith and, and how do you mm-hmm. continue to stay hopeful or faithful, whichever one, mm-hmm. that things are going to work out like they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. What degree is that just an illusion? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it's one of those things that we have to, it comes from our own internal um understanding or you know what it is that we choose to see because it comes from our perspective Mm -hmm. you know so I was as I was pondering the difference between the two I think and I don't know this is just what came up for me is that hope is what others see that you don't see Mm -hmm. right and faith is when you see what others don't see Mm -hmm. you know so it's like you're planning this trip you saw what you wanted out of this trip and that was faith and then hope is when other people sometimes see stuff that you don't see but it's just that glimmer of uh, their enthusiasm and their confidence gives you hope mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and there's something rewarding with not being able to see an outcome but still moving ahead anyway yeah you know because it's like um you really can internalize that victory you know because it's like you were focused and it it just helps you focus on the things that matter too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know if you want to um win a competition you know you focus on the elements that you can control you know, whatever that competition looks like, if it's you taking the part to practice, you know, your, your presentation or whatever that looks like, you know, learning how to invest your time in the actionable, trackable things that you can't control. That to me is, um, the beginning of really understanding, um, how to be disciplined and consistent on the things that matter. Because yeah. we can say we're having a business and we spend our time with all this non-productive stuff that's not going to help our business move forward. I was listening to, I've been listening to a couple audiobooks on the way because it's, you know, it's really, really long hikes from, from one town to the next. And, and one mm-hmm. of the books I was listening to was by uh, Michael Senior. It's called The Untethered Soul. Have mm. you heard, have you heard I've it? heard about that. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. It's a, it was an interesting book to listen to because there's one thing that he said that really um, somewhat connected to this topic of, of hope and faith and everything and just believing in the unknown, so to speak. And that's, he said, um, what gives meaning to life? And the way that he answered that question was simply the willingness to live life. And I mm. found that to be so fascinating because within that, it, it kind of implied something that's there is, at least for me, there's really no point or no longer is to try and, as you would say, be married to the outcome, try and figure mm-hmm. out like, what's the end game of all of this? Why does this need to happen this way? Rather just live the experience and enjoy it for what it is and whatever it brings, that's whatever it brings. And sometimes 
it'll bring less than immediately. Other times it'll bring less than 10 years down the road. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a big thing that I, that I took away from reading his book. And it really made me uh, curious about this concept that, okay, I'm, I'm going on this journey called life. And so much of it is truly is unknown. I don't know who I'm going to meet next. I don't know what circumstances I'm going to attract into my life. But what I do continue to believe is that the person that I show up and the energy that I bring, I'm most likely, or not most likely, but I think, or I hope, or maybe have faith, right? Maybe all three, (laughs) that I'm going to attract those. And I would say to this particular day, I believe I have. I believe I've attracted the right circumstances and so i i do believe that there's something to be said about this concept of energy and how the world works on it i mm-hmm. i also find it fascinating how when i was thinking about the two concepts hope and faith i personally have rarely used faith as a term mm-hmm. just in everyday um vocabulary and i think a lot mm-hmm. of it has to do with its uh, association to religion and mm. nothing against religion or anything like that. It's just that I, I subscribe to a different um, thought process. And I've noticed mm-hmm. myself that even in sitting here and reflecting, I was like, wow, I, I rarely use that word because I, I find it to be so closely connected with, mm. with the form that I may not fully um, align with. Mm. Do, do, do you find that true in your life? Like, do you, or do you use one? Almost. I definitely use faith more than hope. I don't know. To me, hope is it's unnecessary. You know, um, I had to have hope to get out of my uh, journey with depression, you know, because I don't know. I didn't have the faith because I didn't know who I was. So to me, when you're having a faith, it's like it's a core value. It's a belief that you know, it's internal, only you can see it and it can guide you, but it's based on your confidence and knowing who you are. So I believe that if you are kind of on the fence or you're trying to find yourself, you can't really identify with faith. I don't know. This is my thoughts now. And I was a Christian, so my husband's a pastor and I'm going through all this, but I didn't have that faith when I was going through my depression, I had to have hope and hope is, I don't know, just a step up from a dream. You know, a dream to me is everybody can identify with a fairy tale, some fantasy that can happen. But when you have hope, you kind of have a glimmer of like, man, you know what, what if this happened? What if this really came true? You know, it's like the spark that starts the fire. So you have to have something to kind of ignite it. And from there, it can grow into something deeper, you know, because I think you begin to think that it's possible. It's no longer a fantasy. And then as you grow and think about your own experiences and you have gratitude and all these different things, then you can begin to transform that into a faith and a deeper knowing of like, why do I believe this? And you, it attaches to a little bit of the fabric of who you are. Because, you know, as you mentioned before, if you think about the energy and making and understanding that you're going to meet the right people or be attracted to them or whatever, but you can have that belief because that's happened for you in the past. That's you attaching 
to something you've already done with something current for something future, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So in a way, is is hope an expectation then? And and faith is more along the lines of a a belief? Like, do you you need to have hope in order for faith to exist? Almost like that's, one is the destination kind of a, and the other one is the, the journey, so to speak. Well, I think, you know, hope is really the thing that I would say is hope is the belief without the plan. You know, it's like, oh, you know what, this really could happen, you know, but you're kind of not committed to it. You just are starting to understand that it may be possible. But I believe when you have faith, then you begin to map out how that process of how that's going to happen. So, you know, if I was to find out I'm expecting, I have faith that I'm going to have a baby nine months down the road. So I begin to take action, get the nursery together, you know, figure out if I'm going to have the baby in daycare or all these other things that are byproducts of something that still hasn't happened, but I have the faith that it is. So I begin to make plans and uh, bring that more into reality. So I think if you're hopeful, you kind of are on the fence and don't really commit to an actual plan. You just have a belief that it's possible. That's just the way I feel about it. But if you, know, you really have a strong faith, you start taking action. Yeah. There's one thing that you kind of brought this up, and I was thinking about this as as I was hiking from a town called Valada, which is mm-hmm. many, many miles from here. But I was hiking from there to the next one. And I was thinking about this concept of at what point do I choose to let go of the plan and then hope for some of these things to happen? Because I I think what I I have found myself doing is that there were so many chapters within my life where I would want to plan certain things to the T. (laughs) And when I didn't plan them or I would plan them out and I realized what was happening was actually too much of a plan for me created no action at all because then I was able to plan out well these are the things that could go wrong these are the things that may or may not happen and I find it interesting for me at this chapter of my life where yes I'll use certain elements of planning to get kind of to the next step but I also have an element of hope or maybe as faith internal belief that somehow things are going to work out and lead me to that destination that I'm trying to get to, but maybe I'm not able to verbalize or put down on paper. Do you find that in your case, do you rely on one more than the other? Or is it a combination of the two? Or does one still dominate the other one, so to speak? That's a good question, because that really is what my life is like every day. I think (laughs) you have to decide what has really changed for me after my journey with depression was deciding how I want to feel. So if I decide, you know, I want to be happy every day. And now everything that happens around me is not happy. You know, as we were talking before we started recording, the month of September, my father-in-law passed and me and my husband got COVID and three of our kids got COVID and, you know, dealing with the Um, mental illness issue with one of our daughters. So there's things that happen outside of your control, but you still can choose to be happy. Mm 
And I think what we do is um, we add a lot of complication to life. You know, you say it's important to be consistent in who you are and show up. Well, one of the things that interferes with that is sometimes planning and trying to not give yourself the space to trust that you are going to show up. You know, I mean, I had several engagements and I was doing them while I had COVID. My husband and family are like, you have COVID, you need to quit. And <laughs> I'm like, look, I, I feel fine. And there's certain things that if I give my word about, I don't think there's a reason to cancel. Now, if I was in the hospital or something was going on where I couldn't, or my voice, I couldn't speak or whatever that was, I think that would be something different, you know? Um, but I think when you have the mindset to be intentional, that intention can override a plan because you just kind of have a faith that you want to rely on the energy that you are choosing to show up mm -hmm. to guide you, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. I found the same thing to be true within my own journey is that mm -hmm. so I, I used to be a big believer in the five-year plan. And mm -hmm. for anyone that's going to be listening to this, this is by no means uh, don't do five-year plans. If, if it works for you, great. Mm -hmm. But for me, what I found to be the most challenging part of that particular exercise is I could, I'm the type of person that could literally sit there forever and, and plan it out on paper mm -hmm. and write all these things. And then what I've re realized after a while is that in most situations, life truly has its own course. Mm -hmm. So whatever the milestones or my markers that I put on there, most often were not the ones that I actually ended up experiencing in the day to day. Mm -hmm. And, and I, that's where I think for me, it, it's become um, a little bit more of a work in progress and it still is as far as trying to figure out what is that five-year, 10-plan, 10-year, 15-year plan. And, and I think if anything, I'm turning more to things I would like to experience. And then mm -hmm. from there, as you were saying, having the faith that one way or another, I'm going to attract those things. I will also say, and, and I know you and I are big believers in this. I don't believe things just happen. Mm -hmm. I, I don't believe things just happen without some form of action, uh, mm -hmm. no matter how small or no matter, no matter how big it might be. I do mm -hmm. think that if anything, at the end of the day, it probably is some exchange of energy that takes place between mm -hmm. the two things and, mm -hmm. and manifest some of these other things. I, there were times when I did believe in that, that, Hey, it, as long as I just, hope and have faith for the future somehow those things will manifest and nothing actually created itself yeah and i think you know <laughs> what i one of the things that i found and i love that you talked about this about the five-year plan and all that because i was kind of the same way and i think what i have learned that really was a catalyst in my situation was it doesn't matter how much self um what's the word I want to say, you know, like you're um, being self-motivated or, you know, really um, having self-control for you, you know, the dynamics of what you can control with any relationship. The more that you experience life, you realize that although you can be in control of yourself, a lot of your life and experiences are surrounding other people. And for that, you really can't plan. 
So you can only plan to show up as you. And the more that I figure that out, you know, I don't feel like I have to plan, you know, because I think I know, okay, if I show up, you know, I'm a person that I choose to live my life with integrity. Now, it's not always easy to, um, you know, there's times it's like, man, you know, someone to ask a question and I'm thinking, I really don't want to talk about this. <laughs> but because I feel like it's so um, much relief for the people that I get into conversation with, that I just really be authentic and tell the truth. You know, I had a situation yesterday. I was um, one of the speakers at this in this room on the topic of um, how to be, how to show up as a professional entrepreneur or something. And a lot of the myths go into, you know, you can uh, have a multi-level marketing business and over time, this business can run on its own and you're making <laughs> residual income and all this stuff, right? That, that a lot of people strive for when they recruit people into the business. And mm -hmm. uh, somebody came up and asked a question about it. And, you know, everybody else answered. I was the only female, okay? And um, I said, you know what? I'm just, I have to be truthful in this. So I just said something totally different than everybody else. I said, look, you can have a successful business, but it's just like a farmer. If a farmer is successful in harvesting some crops, the farmer is not going to say, oh, wow, I'm successful. Let me go plant these seeds and go on vacation <laughs> and expect the crops to come without doing the work that allows the harvest to come yeah. forth. You have to decide if you don't want to do the work, then you're going to have to hire the work or create systems that can do the work for you, but somebody's got to do the work or you're not going to have a business. Yeah. And just something as simple as speaking up about that, you know, to me, that is choosing to be authentic because I could go with the crowd and everybody has this idealistic system of believing that after you've been in the business and quote unquote paid your dues, you're going to have the success, but it always the result of work. If you're not doing the work, you're delegating the work, you're paying somebody to do the work because the business can't be sustained if you're not doing any work, you know? And look, and, and for some people, what I've also realized is it takes significantly longer or significantly less to get to similar milestones. And, I, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I, for me, I, I, I find that to be a huge element of truth to just being in the entrepreneurship <laughs> or in this space is that, I think there's almost this expectation that once mm -hmm. you go on it and once you reach the first mile marker, then, you know, somehow you will get to the next When The reality of the matter is none of that is guaranteed. A friend mm -hmm. of mine actually said this and, and it's still stuck in the back of my mind. He said, uh, we're talking about creating opportunities. And one of the things that he mentioned, he said, all a previous opportunity does is create an opportunity for the next one. It doesn't mm. guarantee anything beyond that. So really, in a way, life is a series of decisions. One decision mm -hmm. leads to the next, and then it leads to the next decision and the next decision. And none of those decisions guarantee any form of success as one perceives it or whatever it is. Some might be setbacks. That's what mm -hmm. those decisions might lead. And, and I find that also to be interesting how there is that concept of, well, 
if you work hard or hard work pays off. And I think it, it pays off in, in some ways, but mm-hmm. I also think that it doesn't always pay off in the most positive of ways. I think mm-hmm. sometimes hard work pays off in a set of a setback. Now mm-hmm. you can twist it around, reframe it, whichever way you want to look at those circumstances and say, wow, I'm grateful for these lessons and all the things that it taught me. But I, I do think that there's a, almost like an unrealistic expectation of, of certain professions or maybe just in life in mm-hmm. general. Well, and I think, you know, I think we kind of do it to ourselves because, you know, you could be a doctor, right? A specialist and, you know, you can work 60 hours a week or you can work 20. It's up to you on how you decide to have harmony with your life. I think a lot of times we can get so much into the self um, control about what we bring to the table that we forget that we also are a um, contributing factor to other relationships that we really need to be intentional with. You know, it can be very easy for me and just transparency to dive into my work. I get so much therapeutic. Um, I don't know, every day it's like therapy because I'm able to talk to people and learn different things. So it helps me to grow every day. It's like an addiction, right? And I can be fine working all day, coaching, talking to people. I mean, there's times that I can get on Zooms back to back and not even eat, (laughs) you know, because I'm really just into my work, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? And, um, but that's not healthy. If I want to have healthy relationships with people outside of my work, I have to make time for them. You know, you can't just assume that, you know, that joy that you have doing your work, everybody else is going to have that joy. That's not their gift or that's not what feeds their um, passion. So you have to decide that you're going to take a pause and really be intentional with not necessarily helping people to understand what you do, but just taking time to hold space to interact with them outside of what you do, if that makes sense. Do you think you are at a point in life where the things that you're doing, the coaching and all these other projects, are they the things that ultimately add meaning to your life? Or is, or is there something else that you're looking for that you may not have reached? I think, you know, I'm always open for opportunities. You know, I've (laughs) learned, this is the thing, I've learned that I don't know what I thought I knew. Yeah. And so as I continue to grow daily, it's like the um, goals change. Again, I'm somebody that likes a challenge. So I feel like every day I'm challenged. And for me, that is what kind of gives me the joy to get out of bed. Because um, I learn something new every day. Um, You know, I have a new uh, mind shift. I mean, it could be the simplest thing, you know. Um, So I look for that and I make space for that. Now, I don't think always other people understand that, you know, and they just are always saying, man, you know, you've got all these irons on the fire. How are you doing it? And 
I'm not trying to be all things to all people. I'm just showing up as me and they see me as me and they allow me to connect with them. I, I wouldn't say it's on my terms, but they don't expect me to be somebody I'm not. And so I can be me all the time. I don't have to go do a dress rehearsal. I don't have to plan what I'm going to say. I can just show up. And so that is what allows me to collaborate in so many things. And I, and I think, so I can relate to um, many elements of what you just said, but the one of them that you mentioned that I find interesting is I know that there were times when I was first starting just this career and this process, really, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And I would meet people along the way and, and they would ask me questions. Well, how are you going to find clients? How are you going to find this? How are you going to find that? And what I chose to do from that point on was I just continued to hope that the person I'm becoming and the person that I'm developing into every single day will somehow attract the right people. It will attract the right communities. And it has mm -hmm. <laughs> to this point, I can confidently say that I have met plenty of people who think alike, but also think differently, who can challenge me mm -hmm. in ways that I might not be able to challenge myself in. But I noticed that at the beginning, it would, it could have been so easy to just give up to the peer pressure and influence mm -hmm. and, and really go complete opposite route or complete mm -hmm. different route, not opposite and, and start to believe in many of these things that were being shared around me. And ultimately, I think, and, and you mentioned this throughout this, is it for me, it has been, been about developing systems. Mm -hmm. How do I build the systems for my life that actually help me live my life more or mm -hmm. the version of my life that I want to live and really trying to understand. And, and I don't claim that I understand it fully by any means, but which opinions do I listen to? Mm -hmm. And which ones do I filter out has been probably one of the biggest skills that I've acquired to this point, because I'll, I'll tell you this from this journey of doing the different things, just really being the person that I've wanted to be. It took a lot to get to this point. It, it took mm -hmm. a lot to get to a point where I still had respect for other people that I may not have fully seen eye to eye and was willing mm -hmm. to listen, mm -hmm. but also understand that that's not the journey I want to go on. I want mm -hmm. to go a different route. And I mm -hmm. think that that's been a big thing for me because now I also have become a lot more aware as far as what is the information I'm projecting upon other people mm -hmm. and how am I projecting that on, upon them? You know, if we're going back to this topic of hope and faith, and I mentioned uh, earlier how for me the concept of faith doesn't it, it doesn't have the same space as hope just for a variety of reasons but at the same time i'm only just one person sharing mm -hmm. one perspective and mm -hmm. by no means the ultimate one so i i that's that's a big thing that i'm learning throughout this particular journey is that in having my own belief or faith in myself that things are going to work out and that I'm going to attract the right energy in the right circumstances. I'm mm -hmm. also understanding that there will be times where I meet people who may not fully align, but I think there's also beauty within that because mm -hmm. then it gives me an opportunity to take a step back and reflect that, okay, I don't want to go this route 
or I might like an element of what they said. So I'm going to take that and implement that into whatever journey I have ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is very insightful. And I think, um, you know, part of like, you know, what you said about, you know, planning this trip and everything, you know, you have set aside time for this experience to help you grow, whatever that looks like. And that's the plan is to set aside that time to just go. Now, everything that happens in, within that plan is something that you can just rest and have the faith because you've already set out the, um, what's the word I want to say? You've already determined the destination because you set aside this time for the entire trip. However, you just don't know what roads are going to get there. That's the um, experience. You know what I mean? That's the uh, adventure and being open to that. I think the more we infuse simplicity, the more joy we can have. Because, you know, that, that can stop something really quick being complicated. You know, if you have this long process for you know, even just conducting an interview, if you had to go and do all these things like setting up mics and all these lights and doing all these, a whole bunch of thousand steps, it would really deter you after a few times, you'd be like, I'm done with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the more simple you make it, the more you're going to be consistent with it. And it's in the being simple that you can show up as you and really have a lot of the excitement and energy around being in the moment rather than getting all this other stuff together that takes your energy away and you don't have anything to provide when you when it's time for you to show up if that makes sense well it also creates a different environment i think mm -hmm. when i've done that <laughs> because what i've noticed myself doing and this was prior to me going on this trip is I literally I've given up control over the background and the environment mm -hmm. and things like that because at the end of the day as much as I wanted to control those circumstances I truly couldn't mm -hmm. and especially right now I'll tell you this as I'm going from one hostel to the next I just have no idea what the next one's going to present I have no idea if the wi-fi is going to drop halfway through the call I have no, mm -hmm. I have no idea about so much. And I just realized that for me, part of this journey has really become about giving up control over things that I mm -hmm. can't control. I, I can't control how electricity works as much as mm -hmm. I wish to do, <laughs> to do it's that. It's so true. I just, I can't, I don't even understand how electricity works to begin with. So true. So how can I control a process that I don't understand to begin with? And I, I think there is a lot of beauty and simplicity and mm -hmm. for me, I mean, right now I'm sitting in front of a white wall in a hostel mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it, it is what it is. And, and mm -hmm. I realized that for some people, and you said this once again, it's like, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Mm -hmm. Some people I might align with perfectly. Other people, they might not choose to tune in because there's not enough lights or I don't mm -hmm. know, they can see the paint marks in the background or whatever it is. But it's like, to me, it's. I'm doing the best that I can and I'm, and I really feel like I'm in, a, I'm a, in alignment 
mm-hmm. with who I am. And that's the, that's what I want to do. That's what I want mm-hmm. to be. I really don't mm-hmm. want to travel the other course. And, and I don't think it's necessarily better or worse. I think it's just a different journey, different mm-hmm. journey in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's the element too of um, really getting comfortable asking yourself some of these hard questions. Yeah. You know, I was coaching somebody last night and they had a major issue that they had to go through. And, um, you know, I just said, you have the ability to choose how you're going to show up for this and to be truthful with yourself you know, a lot of that surrounds what other people are going to think. And I mean, we're only human when it comes to that, because it's just something that she was going to be faced with and other people she had to probably give an account for, or they were going to have the boldness to ask the question. So I said, you need to ask yourself these questions. Which is depending on a lot. Yeah. really think about it, like depending on someone else to ask you a question that you're wanting to ask yourself that that's asking a lot of a person. It is. And I mean, a lot of people feel like, oh, I don't want to pry. I don't want to offend her. So that question never gets answered. But that's part of your healing is part of that awareness. And to hear that so that you can decide how you're going to show up for that, you know, or how you're going to respond. I mean, and that's really where you have more power, you know, Um And just you're being a victim when you're allowing other people to show up for you to ask you what you know you need to ask yourself when you can do it yourself. Yeah, that's that's a thing that I'm I'm realizing now more than ever is just Mm -hmm. the importance of asking myself some of those questions Mm -hmm. and and importance of I mean, really, I think it goes back to understanding that concept that I heard from Michael Singer's book, what gives meaning to life and it's the willingness to live life mm-hmm. in whatever way, whatever way mm-hmm. I imagine it. And I realized that even part of that process, there might be people on the journey that may not agree with my approach, mm-hmm. but that's fine. Everyone mm-hmm. has their own life. Everyone wants probably different things than the mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. And that's okay for one to want one thing and for me to want another. And, but I have learned that really asking myself some of these deeper questions. And I I know you and I will be connecting later today as well around this concept of Mm -hmm. conflict. And, you know, that's something that I've had to face within my own life Mm -hmm. is, is even when I started this trip, there were friendships that almost immediately dissolved Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. I, in mm-hmm. fact, I remember I, I was sitting in the JFK airport getting ready to depart to Lisbon. Mm-hmm. And I, I just went through my phone, uh, phone book and I was sending a bunch of people my new number and different ways that they can contact me. And I just looked through, I was just having an honest assessment. I was going through each one and I said, I'll send it here. This one haven't had contact with for however long what's the point but that that takes an that took me an element of truth that took me an Mm -hmm. element of courage to really Mm -hmm. look at it and honestly say why am i carrying this on because i'm so afraid of rejection Mm. and yet the other person doesn't even know i'm experiencing this the other person has no idea that i'm sitting there literally halfway in the 
other side of the country or the other side of the world and mm-hmm. thinking whether or not I should keep a contact, whether or not I should choose to stay in touch or keep mm-hmm. each other updated. Mm-hmm. I, I've realized, I'm realizing at this point that not necessarily my time is precious. I think everyone's time is precious, but mm-hmm. the time is limited. I mean, mm-hmm. 24 hours are available in that day. Mm-hmm. Six or eight of them are asleep. Breakfast, lunch, mm-hmm. and dinner. That's like mm-hmm. half the day right there. Right. You take a shower. Like there, there's another book I uh, started listening to called Think Like a Monk by uh, Jay okay. Shetty. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he talks about is doing these assessments in life. So when it comes to mm-hmm. friendships, money, mm-hmm. whatever the concept is. And there's one topic that he brought up. He, he listed a series of statistics and I, I'm not going to repeat them to you because I'm going to, you know, butcher them completely. But <laughs> one of the things he mentioned was he was, he was bringing up these everyday activities that I think many of us do. One of them is getting ready. Mm-hmm. And so he broke it down in the chart. He said, for an average woman, it takes this long to get ready over the course of a day, this long to get ready over the course of a, a week. And then he compared it to an average lifespan of, of, the, of a person. Mm-hmm. And it, it was some crazy amount. It was like 30 years. Mm-hmm. All the hours combined to like 30 years. Mm-hmm. And I really, it really got me thinking as far as what are the things that I'm doing that I think are adding value, but may not ultimately be. And really the only way that I have found to figure that out is you just stop doing the things. Because there's a reason behind everything. Right. There's a reason behind everything that I do. So true. And I think, you know, um, that goes back to the whole thing of one being simple. Yeah. And the other part is when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Yeah. Because you can't do both things at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, I never will forget one of the things that kind of helped me with being simple when it comes to getting ready was... um, in high school, I had this friend. She was an only child as well. And um, there were people who would come by her house because we would do sleepovers all the time. So they would come by her house. And thank you, sweetie. If she did not have her makeup on, she would not answer the door or engage (laughs) with them or anything. Now I'm an only child longing for connection. (laughs) And I just thought to myself, how crazy is that? You know, so that taught me from a young age that, you know, I decided that I'd rather have connection over some of these material things because, you know, I'm just on the other side of the door and she's like, hey, you know what? They didn't call and I'm just not uh, the way I want to show up. So I'm just not answering the door. And I'm thinking, what? You know, (laughs) but yeah. It just taught me a lot. From Pass a that person age. over to me. I want to meet them. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I just think, you know, it, it's really something to really kind of take those pauses in life and realize if this is really serving me. And I think, you know, along the lines about getting ready, I just remember uh, someone was talking about Steve Jobs. He wore the same thing because he was like, look, I'm not going to use my, um, create decision fatigue over something that I'm wearing, I can set that aside and use that thought process for something else that matters rather than what I'm wearing, you know? So I didn't used to believe in that. I I used to believe in, oh, I can take the time and 
figure out what to wear and then still have the mental capacity to make all of these other decisions over that course of the day. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, I was wrong because it's like the time that it took me to figure it out, to figure out what matches with what. And once again, going back to other people's perspectives, what are they going to think? How am I going to be received? Am I going to be accepted, et cetera, et cetera. I realized that with at, literally after that process was over and when I started to work or proceed with my day to day, I wasn't able to complete all the things that I wanted to. I literally, I, I got tired. My mental mm-hmm. capacity was reached. And that's where I realized that, oh, now I understand why some people literally will have two or three things and that's it. They it's so true. I mean, look at your, else. look at your profile pics. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Those things stay the same all the time. Yeah. You know, nobody is going around changing those every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm just thinking there's so many things that, you know, that's, that's why I'm thinking you look at successful businesses, they have uniforms, you know, yeah. people don't have to think it's no excuse about not having anything to wear. That's the biggest hindrance for a lot of people showing up for events or going places, weddings. I don't have anything to wear. I mean, it is just really an issue. But if you decide, that's why I'm like, you know, branding is so important. You can just show up. It is so easy for me. My kids, they go buy me things. Like I have my little sixth grader. He got me this. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a little paperweight. But I, this, the fact that I have a brand, it makes it so easy for them to get me gifts. Anything red, white, and blue. They're like, mommy, America, super mom. So it's like. (laughs) You know, it has really encouraged me. It helps them connect. And I'm like, you know, it has relieved me so much, you know, to show up as me and really allow myself the space to do so and not be worried about, you know, what I'm wearing. What I need to be worrying about is what I'm going to (laughs) say, you know. Do you feel like you fully embraced your brand? Yeah, I think... um, and how do you know there's that? Some, I think, you know, it's the evolution, you know, uh-huh. it started out where it was like, it's meaning me having a business and being a mom. And then it's like, oh, I'm defining my own American dream. And then it's a sign of freedom. It's a sign of, you know, using my voice to remove masks and stop hiding behind per- perfection. I mean, it just, Every day I find something new about it. It gives me room to grow and I can attach, attach with so many things. You know, it's just like yesterday, you know, it's only female. And it's like, I could have been quiet, said the politically correct thing, but it's like, you know what? I'm here to share my voice. And that's why I'm here. I think I really am getting out of the mindset of feeling like nobody wants to hear this and into I'm here because this perspective of mine needs to be brought to the table. That's kind of how I'm feeling now. Briefly, because I know that I know ways to connect with you, but anyone who's going to be listening to this may not. What are some ways that people can connect with you and what do you have coming up that people can be a part of? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, really all social media platforms. Um, They can find me. Uh, Something that I have coming up now is uh, 
starting next Sunday, October 31st, I'm going to be doing a boot camp holiday series, uh, helping people to be successful with the holidays. You know, if we're dealing with this pandemic still. And uh, what I found is that we can be successful if we have the intention to be. So I go over mindset, how people can collaborate, how they can run their business successfully during the holidays with a plan, as well as in their personal life. So it's a boot camp series that I'll be running uh, weekly until like the middle of December, because it's not just so much for the holidays, but setting them up for success in 2022. And when are you launching that? Uh, that's October 31st. It's going to be a... Um, online event, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it runs about 90 minutes. So if people want to donate uh, door prizes or uh, talk to me about sponsorship, they can reach out for that as well. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time.